Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia Beach recently hosted a graduation ceremony for eight interns. They were part of Project Search. It's the first year for the program, which brings in high school students with intellectual and developmental disabilities. For more, Federal News Network's Eric White spoke with Jan Varney, an instructional specialist for the Virginia Beach City Public Schools and coordinator of Project Search. So the Project Search program is a transition to work program for um, students with intellectual disabilities. Um, And the goal of the program is to help them make that transition from school to the workplace. So um, students are selected and then during their during their participation in Project Search, they actually work in very competitive um, internship sites on the base. So the goal is to get students moving towards competitive employment in their communities um, beyond high school. And are they taken from schools all over Virginia Beach or can they come in from other areas as well? Well, the Project Search at NAS Oceana works with Virginia Beach City Public Schools. So students from all of our area high schools in Virginia Beach um, can apply to the programs. Gotcha. And what kind of jobs are they doing on the base, uh, actually? So right now we have had uh, 10 internship sites with the base. So we have them. We've had students during internship sites at the um, at the hotel at the exchange, at the Jet Mart, um, multiple places within the exchange, um, the provisions, the uh, um, soft lines, men's department, women's department, shoe department, the um, salon, the beauty salon, and the barbershop, um, the Jet Mart over um, across from the um, college classroom. So we've had, as and also the gym. And how are the students selected uh, in high school? Is What kind of testing do they have to go through in order to apply for this? Well, so the students are um, taken through a pretty rigorous um, interview process. Students are asked to apply. Once the applications are received, we do panel interviews with all of the applicants. Um, and that's a, like a six-person panel interview. Um, the students come to the interview. Um, it's The panel is made up of participants from all the agencies involved. So there's representatives from Virginia Beach Schools, representatives from DARS and Didlake. Um, So we haven't had them all there. Um, Students make application, they do the interview process, and then they go through a skills assessment. And then based on the results of the interview and the skills assessment, invitations are extended to students to join the program. Yeah, and that's a good segue into me asking you, what is the Naval Air Station uh, Oceana's role in this whole process other than hosting? Um, do they have a say in you know the kind of jobs they're doing? And also, are they on that panel as well? Yes, um, Oceana is also on the panel. They've been involved in the whole process right along with us. Um, we couldn't obviously couldn't do this without the support of Oceana, and they have been fabulous, fabulous partners um, and have been very welcoming to us. They give us the classroom site. Um, We have Senior Chief Amber Coriati, who is the liaison for us and with the businesses on base. So they have, they're just, they've been fabulous. I can't say enough about how wonderful the base has been, how welcoming, how involved, how supportive they are of the program. It's been a, a great partnership. Yeah. How did this all come together? Was it, uh, did you all go to them? Did they come to you or was it just something, were you there at the beginning as well? Well, the, there were some parents that wanted to get the project search program to, um, to our area. So kind of 
the parents were working from their end, and I had been talking with representatives from the school district on my end for a couple of years, and it just kind of all came together. And it takes about a year to plan a program like this. So we had that planning year with everyone involved. You have to find your, your host business site and get your school team on board and get your voc rehab team on board. And so once all of those divisions and members are together, then you kind of go through the whole project search preparation. That sounds like a, a lot of uh, meetings and emails. Uh, what was the uh, most? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, what was the most difficult part about that process? Well, you know, actually, the most difficult part is scheduling all of those people to get at the same place at the same time. It is a, a process of you do a whole lot of work and then you wait for the responses, and then you do a whole lot of work and then you wait for the responses. So, you know, as in in planning for anything, um, you know, there's a lot of give and a lot of get and a lot of go and a lot of wait and a lot of trying to get everybody together at the same time. Yeah, a lot of uh, polite nudging. We have had wonderful partners. I just, I, I can't tell you enough how supported this program is from all the agencies involved. VCU, the Department of Ed, the school system, DARS, did like, we have had all hands on deck throughout the whole planning process. And I think that it has made all the difference in the outcomes for our interns. And as far as the interns themselves, obviously, you know, the point of an internship is to prepare you to enter the workforce. Are you preparing them to enter the workforce at the actual air station? Or is it just, you know, just to get them some job skills overall? The understanding is that the host businesses do not have to hire the interns. They are the, they're there to provide the support and the resources for us to do the competitive skills training. But we have been blessed enough that, the, um, that NES has actually hired four of our interns. So, you know, the business, host business does not have to. They are not required. It's not implied. Um, but just through being just through being exposed to the interns and their good work ethic, they've found employees in them. And that's the greatest success I think that we can ever ask for is that the host of business sees how the interns have grown and established themselves and sees what good workers they are and what an untapped resource we have in our um, individuals with disabilities who are in schools. We They are a rich, rich resource for our community employment. So it sounds like the first go around was a success. Uh, what's the plan for the future? Are you going to add more businesses? Uh, is there going to be a greater count of interns? What's the idea there? Well, right now for next school year, we have eight interns join the program. We, of course, are always looking for um, more business opportunities and more internship sites on the base. My hope is to grow this program across the area. We, like I said earlier, we have an untapped wealth sitting in our schools with our students with significant disabilities. They are hard workers. They want jobs. They come to school every day. They report on time. I mean, those are great skills that all employers are looking for. So um, I hope that Project Search grows across Virginia Beach. There are, I think, some places throughout the city that are ripe for programs like this. Um, so my goal is to see it grow and flourish and add more programs to Virginia Beach. Well, maybe we can help with that. Uh, we, we do have listeners in Virginia Beach. Uh, how, how do uh, businesses who are interested get in contact with you? So um, businesses can contact me, Jan Barney, at Virginia Beach City Public Schools, um, and we will get together and look at their business and see how Project Search can enhance their business as well. Um, because this is truly a partnership and it has to be a win-win for everybody. And so far it has been. It's not just about benefiting the eight interns who participate every year, but it also helps the community. I can't even tell you how many times the 
the business partners at the base and the mentors for our interns have said how much this has added to their lives, um, how much leadership skills this has brought out of them as well. And so, you know, when you start talking about feeling better about what you're doing at work and bringing out your leadership skills and um, you being proud of where you work and wanting to show that to someone else, that is a community benefit all over the place. So Project Search not only benefits interns, but it benefits families, and it ultimately benefits our economy here in Virginia Beach. Jan Varney, Program Coordinator for Project Search at Naval Air Station Oceana, Virginia, speaking with Federal News Network's Eric White. We'll post the interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows. Hello, I'm WIPA CEO Shane Canfield, and thank you for joining us on another episode of Lessons in Leadership. I'm honored to be joined by Angie Bailey, founder and CEO of Ananda Life. Angie has a remarkable career in public service, beginning as a GS2 clerk typist with the Social Security Administration. And over the next 40 years, Angie steadily worked her way up through the government, ultimately becoming the Chief Human Capital Officer at the Department of Homeland Security. She's been recognized with presidential rank awards by two administrations for leadership, innovation, dedication, and commitment to the country. Angie, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Shane. What a pleasure to be here. Angie, you've made quite a name for yourself as a leader in the federal workforce. Who was the first person you remember looking up to as a leader, and what about them inspired you? you know, I often think about this because you know sometimes we think of the people that we look up to the most as being somebody that throughout our career has, you know, been at the highest levels and all. But, you know, I've got to go back to honestly, whenever I was 10 years old, and uh, I remember I really wanted to play Little League Baseball on a boys team. I was the only girl. And interestingly, it was the women who would keep saying to me that, no, I couldn't play. And then one day, whenever I was there to sign up yet again, uh, there was this guy, his name was Delbert Beiser. And uh, I remember he had like red hair and he had a wad of tobacco in his mouth and greasy overhauls and everything. And he said, you know, I'll take her, I'll take her on my team. And, you know, just looking back on that, there's so many leadership lessons and things that I just really admire about him. And actually I thought about throughout my entire career, he took a chance on somebody he didn't know. He um, put aside whatever conscious or unconscious biases that he might have had about having a girl on a team. He treated me the same, uh, whether, you know, if I wasn't performing, I got benched just like the boys. I got no special treatment. And, and, and he was just really honest with me and he just included me in everything. And so looking back on it, you know, really, it was Delbert Beiser, our local mechanic in our little small village that was I think my inspiration for going on to, I hope, become the leader, um, you know, that, that I wanted to be. I'd say half of the guests on this podcast have had similar stories where they reach back to either childhood or young adulthood. And I, and I think as leaders, it's really incumbent upon us to keep that in mind, that, that what we say and do, Admit it, especially in the younger ages, really can have a lifelong impact. How would you describe your leadership style and, and how has that developed over time? I would say that the one word that describes my leadership style is that I care. Um, I guess that's more than one word, but I care. Uh, I, I've always cared about the mission. I've always cared about the people. I've always cared, you know, about making sure that 
that they had what they needed or that they were developing the way, uh, you know, that they aspired to develop. And I tried to take this approach of not treating people the way I wanted to be treated, but instead treat people the way they wanted they want to be treated. And I think that that really kind of developed over my career. You know, I started out just like most leaders do where it's very results driven. It's all about the bottom line. You need to make sure that you get everything accomplished because, you know, that's what everybody's looking for, the goals, the metrics, et cetera. But I think as you mature and you go along, you start to, to your point, you draw back on those early childhood days or early adult young, you know, whenever you're a young adult and you say, you know, I think that there's a little bit more to this than just the bottom line. And so over time, I really began to, I, I think, see a much bigger picture and the entire ecosystem, if you will, and how the people themselves fit into all of this. And that ultimately at the end of the day, it was all about the people. And so I, you know, I think my, my maturity allowed me to then shift and focus more on the people than, than so much on results and bottom line. You've been recognized with two presidential rank awards, two different administrations. You founded your own company. Tell us a little bit more about your background from the beginning and, and how did that lead you to where you are today? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting, like you said, that I started out as a GS2, a Social Security Administration. I mean, what I really wanted to be was a criminal prosecuting attorney. It's, that's That was absolutely my dream. I sometimes joke and say what I really wanted to be was a mafia don, but that wasn't going to work out. So, you know, had to be a criminal prosecuting attorney. But, you know, I had to get a job to pay for college. I, you know, it wasn't in the cards that I was going to be able to go to college without a job. So I applied at the Social Security Administration, or I'm sorry, at the unemployment office. And lo and behold, I got a job at Social Security. I didn't even know it was federal, to be honest. Uh, From there, I went to the Department of Defense. And I found this, this career field called labor and employee relations. And honestly, it was as close as I was going to get to being a criminal prosecuting attorney. I didn't go on to be a a criminal prosecuting attorney, but I went on courtesy of Department of Defense to get both my bachelor's and my master's in leadership, because the whole study of leadership, I just find incredibly fascinating, Um, you know, from historical to current, current times, I just, it's just something that's just really fascinated me. And so I just, I would say I'm a lifelong learner of leadership. And then I would say some of the other things that got me maybe where I am today is I never really said no to anything. If people asked me to take on a new challenge, even if I wasn't sure I was going to be successful at it, I would say, you know what, not sure this is going to work out, but more than happy to give it a try. And it always worked out. But I think giving things a try and just not saying no to opportunities is what really led from one position to the next. I feel like I was always rewarded for just stepping in or stepping up and taking on the challenges that sometimes no one else wanted to do. Angie, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Shane. It's such a pleasure. I I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thank you. This has been the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I'm CEO of WEPA, Shane Canfield. Looking forward to talking to you next time. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. 
Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.